We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. McConnell pushing again, gets underneath, finds Sabonis for the dunk and the ball. Brogdon for three. Got it. And the Pacers lead by two. Karis LeVert, people don't realize how good he really is. LeVert, skies high for the jam. Warren lets it fly. Yes. Well, you got it setting the base, and I think that's terrific. Hey, what's going on, Pace Nation? Hope y'all are having a fantastic start to your day. Whenever you're listening to this, hope you're having a good one. I'm Alex Golden. I'm joined today by the one and only Michael J. Faji. Faji, how's it going, man? Oh, Alex, life is good. We have an awesome guest coming on here. We have none other than Jaden Springer himself, a man that worked out for the Pacers uh, the other week, and I'm getting really excited about. Yeah, Jaden Springer was a really great interview, similar to our Sharif Cooper inter- uh, interview. I think you're going to just love the infectious energy that Jaden Springer has and uh, really, really confident in who he is as a player. Jaden is going to still be 18 years old on draft night, so the potential really is through the roof. We've covered a few other you know, prospects on this show that are four to five years older than him so yeah. it just feels like this is a guy that is a two-way player and the Pacers have made it known they are looking to improve on the defensive end which is his calling card yeah and he did let us know that he is going to be checking out Space Jam 2 tonight so uh, I'll be interested to see how he likes that movie but anyway Fachi, we are here on our first segment to talk about some NBA news I believe it came out earlier this morning that Damian Lillard is going to request a trade from the Portland Trailblazers, and we've already seen photoshops going around of the Indiana Pacers uniform on Damian Lillard. What are your thoughts on a potential trade for Damian Lillard? Alex, let's just say I'm ready to set my clock to Dame time because whatever we got to do, I am on board. I mean, the Pacers should be aggressive here. Look, do I think a deal will get done? No, I don't. But I do think that we own our draft picks moving forward, and we have, you know, five starters that that I think that are very appealing to other teams so it would cost a lot but I'm willing to at least try and find out how much it would cost yeah I think what I'm really just kind of curious is is what direction 
do the Portland Trailblazers want to go in a move like this? Because usually when you see like Houston traded James Harden, you usually see that team go to rebuild mode. When LeBron left Cleveland both times, they've gone into a rebuild. So if they're going into a rebuild, then you probably don't want to take on one of the Pacers starters, even though they're good players, you know, they could potentially help you win more games than you want. And unfortunately the Pacers don't have a lot of younger players because they don't draft well, number one. And number two, they don't really get high enough in the draft that are really like a coveted asset to go after. So, you know, at 13, like that's probably the earliest pick we've had in five years going back to Miles Turner. So it's just one of those things to me where I'm just like, I don't know if the Pacers have the right package unless they got involved in a three-team deal. Look, a three-team deal feels like what it would take in order to pull this off. Because if you were going to make a trade for Damian Lillard straight up, you're talking about giving up a haul of picks that would have to be similar to what, you know, the Clippers gave up for Paul George, yeah. where it's like seven first round picks overall, including pick swaps. But you're also talking about, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander was included in that deal. So the Pacers would have to include, you would imagine maybe it's the likes of Sabonis, Levert, and a boatload of picks. I mean, whatever it is, it would be a big haul, but that's what it takes to bring in a true MVP type player. In Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean, if Portland's wanting to go win right now and, and trade Dame to win now, I mean, the Pacers do have some guys that are very capable of helping them win now, not at the level of Damian Lillard, clearly, but if they could trade three to four picks plus two starters, I think that's the route you would have to go. And, and honestly, like if the Pacers are fine with trading picks, then so am I, because you're not going to get a talent like Damian Lillard in here. Excuse me. Good grief. Um, you're not going to get a talent like Damian Lillard in here. And pairing him with Rick Carlisle, who has signed for four years, Damian Lillard has four years on his contract. That could make a lot of sense. You know, it really could. I, I think that it, it really depends. If Portland wants to keep it going and win, we have the pieces for them. You know, I think with the Pacers, you make a trade like this, you're all in. At that point, it, you are you don't care about draft picks anymore. It's about now. And the fact that Damon Lillard has numerous years on that, uh, you know, freshly signed deal from about a year ago or so, uh, I'm very excited about. Yeah, and so let's just imagine that Portland decides, hey, we're going to do a complete rebuild. We just want young assets. We just want picks. We kind of want to go the OKC route. And they, they find a trade partner for Damian Lillard, but then they decide – well, we might might sell high or, or or just sell, period, on guys like C.J. McCollum, maybe uh, maybe a Robert Covington. Would any of those guys interest you on in this Pacers team? Oh my God! If C.J. McCollum is a consolation prize, I'm ready to sign right now because I think a three way deal, if it comes down to that, and we can land C.J. McCollum, I think that'd be a really great scenario. But at the same point, if they trade Dame. I'm going to imagine that Portland is going to be sellers. I think at that point, you're bringing in Chauncey Billups, who you know is going to be a rookie head coach. I think at that point, you're going to try and probably load up on as many draft picks and young talent that you could possibly get. So McCollum does feel like a guy that could be on the move. Nurkic definitely feels like a guy that's going to be on the move. But McCollum is someone that we brought up on here a few times, and I definitely have interest in. Yeah, I think Siege is a good player now. If you could keep most of your starting five intact and only have to trade one of your starters for them. That could make some sense. Now, I, I, I'm just throwing this out here. Like, let's just imagine that Portland makes a super deal, including James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins from Golden State with multiple picks for Damian Lillard. Then they're not going to want to take on a guy like Miles Turner because they've already got that center in James Wiseman that they're wanting to build around. So 
I, I look around at some of the teams that maybe need a center and maybe could be willing to part with a young player. Like you look at a new Orleans, someone that's been really interested in miles Turner. You could look at a Sacramento, someone that's really been really interested in Turner and then maybe orchestrate a three team trade where maybe lamb and Turner go somewhere else while the Pacers get CJ McCollum and then Portland can get picks from Indiana or, or picks from the team that's acquiring Turner to make that deal work a little bit better. I have no problem being known as the third wheel trade partner of the NBA. It can be our calling card. It can be what we hang our hat on, whatever, whatever we want it to be. I'm in because the way the Pacers were able to get themselves in the deal for Karis LeVert, it, it just feels like something that, Hey, I'm willing to explore that route time after time because to make a trade just straight up with another team for, you know, an elite level player, it's going to cost a lot when the Pacers are trying to win. Now a three team deal truly does feel like the best case scenario for us. When we don't have high draft picks to offer, we don't have, you know, salary cap room. And really we don't have massive contracts in just one player straight up. It would cost numerous starters. So I do think that that's the best route for the Pacers. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like I understand being in love with the fact or the thought of Damian Lillard on Indiana. Like I would lose my mind if we got him. I get but it. Yeah, he put out some teams who'd be willing to be traded to, and he didn't mention the Indiana Pacers. So it's like, okay, would he really be okay coming here? He's got four more years left on his deal. Like I said earlier, so that's really great because it's exciting to know that you'd have a guy here that is a superstar in the NBA who's been to a conference finals in a loaded Western Conference. He could, you know, really help this team. And I think, honestly, like, the offense with him and Sabonis would be really fun. But I think also, too, like, if you're able to keep Turner and you have to move Sabonis in a deal to get him, then, you know, you have that rim protector. So uh, there's benefits to it. And I think clearly Lillard can make up for what Sabonis provides on the offensive end. So it's, uh, you know, it's one of those moves where it's like, even if you're the biggest Sabonis fan, like, you have to be excited about potentially – getting uh, Damian Lillard. Of course. Look, Alex, I love Sabonis just as much as the next guy, but I'm not dumb. If there's an opportunity to get Damian Lillard, no one's off the table. You know, if Sabonis needs to be dealt in that situation, we're bringing in Damian Lillard. I mean, it's just, of course, you don't want to give up, say, you know, three to four starters and picks. At that point, you're not going to have a good team left. But I do think the Pacers have the luxury of having five starters that, like I mentioned before, can put up 15 and 20 points per game. So I do think that you have the opportunity to say, hey, you know, sure, if it means our bench is going to be a little bit thinner, but we have an MVP type player. And then, you know, whether you're left with, say, a Levert or Brogdon or whatever one of the bigs, you know, they're not going to take both. I feel like that's enough to remain very competitive in the East. And Alex, you bring in a guy like Damian Lillard, it changes everything. It changes the perception of guys that want to play with Damian Lillard. So for that, just the idea of bringing in a true star, it's something that you have to make numerous calls about. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I want to say this too. We also saw a report today um, before we get to Jaden Springer here in a second that the Golden State Warriors are willing to package 7-14 and 14 for a quality starter. And they didn't say all-star. They just said starter. And I understand the Pacers are in the, the terms of wanting to win now, but – a lot of the reporting that came from Jay Michael, he was on JMV earlier this week on the radio and said the Pacers are willing to move down if it gets some extra picks to, you know, potentially move those for, you know, trades down the line. So if they are able to maybe trade one of their starters for seven and 14, they could possibly get that restarters replacement at seven and then 
whatever they get at 14, maybe trade that pick later on and move back in the draft because they've already got their guy and use those picks later down the road. So I think I think that'd be really interesting, especially knowing the Pacers do have five quality starters. And according to Houston, they've got six with Jeremy Lamb on the bench. Yeah, yeah, of course, Houston and they're they're all of a sudden love for for Jeremy Lamb and his contract. But I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, just kidding. Calm I down, know. people. But um, you know, seven and fourteen. When I saw that tweet go out there. Alex, I started licking my chops. I, I love the mystery box more than anything out there. The fact that if the Pacers could have the seventh pick, the 13th pick, and the 14th pick, I feel like that could be a bench filled with very promising players that you can now have players that you can win now with and players for the future. And I just think that that's a rare balance to have an NBA, and it would be very exciting to watch those players grow. Um, but what would it take? I know you mentioned a quality starter. What does that really mean? I mean, is is Golden State going to try and package a guy like Andrew Wiggins with those picks to get him off the books? Because they're not going to really just be able to acquire another $20 million you know, player, and they're, they're going to pay through the roof on the tax, which they did last year. I believe their tax bill at one point was over $80 million. So I feel like one contract would have to be going out. I mentioned the other day, if, if it took getting the seventh overall pick to take back Andrew Wiggins, I was highly intrigued. If you're saying now that we can take on Andrew Wiggins, but get the seventh and 14th pick with him, Alex, this is a pretty interesting scenario here that the Pacers have to strongly consider. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think that those players and those picks are, are worth it and, and here's another thing you got to think about what happens if you don't have to give a pick 13 just a quality starter take back that Andrew Wiggins contract and you get both 7 and 14 seems like it's a lot to take back you then would have 7 13 and 14 would that be enough to get you into the top three top four where you can get one of these guys that is really coveted I mean I think the Pacers are not a team that we've seen do that very often but if they can get their hands on a guy like an Evan Mobley or a Jalen Green or a Jalen Suggs or a Scotty Barnes. Like these are guys that are really, really talented. And, you know, I think that it'd be hard to pass up if you can move up to get one of those guys. Wow. I cannot even imagine the idea of the Pacers crawling into that top four. I really think that those are the picks to get it done. Seven, 13 and 14. If it really took that, I, I just feel like how could you turn that down if you had, you know, the fourth overall pick, it just feels like, that that'd be really intriguing to to be able to you know make a trade there, but I, it just feels like the best of both worlds to be able to. If you had to take on Wiggins, you're getting a player who, yes, he's overpaid, but he's good and he can play right now. But the picks to go with it, I mean, this is just that's how you build a well-rounded team. It depends what quality starter they're talking about. I mean, if the Pacers were to give one up, who do you think it would be? Well, I think you'd probably start off and say Turner is the odd man out. Um, but but if they really want someone that. If they're going to invest in Wiseman, you know, and they lose Andrew Wiggins, then I think that you got to look at maybe Malcolm Brogdon as possibly the odd man out. I think that the Pacers specifically would like to keep Lavert and TJ Warren and DeMontis Sabonis. I think that's the three guys that they probably covet the most. I know that Carlisle really likes Malcolm Brogdon from some of the reporting that Scott Agnes had talking with Tim McMahon, talked about that Virginia connection and how they go back and you know, just ha have a great communication. And, you know, they like Brogdon's leadership, but at the same time, if you're able to get these type of assets, I mean, this makes your team so much better. And it also makes everything so much more appealing to, to move in a trade. Like let's say they drafted 7, 13, and 14, but then they flipped those guys because, you know, hey, let's say 
similar to the Kawhi trade. There's a team that calls up and says, hey, at 13, we want this guy. We'll trade you X amount for this. You know, So there's just opens up so many more scenarios and a scenario the Pacers have never put themselves in before. So I'm highly intrigued by it. Probably won't happen, but it's fun to think about, right? That it is. That it is. So uh, are you ready to bring on Jaden Springer? Or yeah, yeah, let's do it. And, and just a little bit of a teaser, everybody. Um, after this podcast, be on the lookout for our Tuesday podcast coming out this coming week. We're going to be doing our trade ideas. So me and Fatsy are going to come up together with about four or five trades each, share them on the podcast, and then we're going to have a couple guests come on and evaluate those trades. So yeah, it, it should be a fun podcast. If you're all into the fake trade idea stuff, me and Fachi are going to do our best to come up with four to five realistic trades a piece and then share those on the pod. But anyway, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back and get to our guest, Jaden Springer. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody. We now bring on 6'4", freshman guard out of Tennessee, one of the latest risers in the recent mock drafts, Jaden Springer. Jaden, what's happening? Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. Excited to have you over here. So, Jaden, the draft, it's about two weeks away. And, you know, one thing that really stands out about your game, we're talking about words that are being used to describe you as a tenacious defender, a two-way player, has defense always kind of been a specialty of yours? Yeah, defense, that's always something I've been pretty good at ever since I was a little kid. I think I feel like it was just something that came natural to me. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of defense, you know, that's one of the things that I think is helping you continue to rise up on these big boards because when I was looking earlier in the process, you know, you're in the 20 to 25 range, and now I'm seeing you – in the lottery range. So just talk about that and uh, what teams are telling you in terms of what they like about your game. Uh, well, yeah, all that stuff is cool, but really I've just been 
going out every every workout, just trying to show them like I can I'm a complete player. I can uh like you talked about, I can lock down on I can lock up on defense on offense. I can show that I can uh, hit open shots, I can attack, I can finish, and I can also pass the ball. So that's really the biggest focus is I've been trying to do it on each workout I go to. So, you know, the analysts, they, you know, everyone that you speak with or you read upon, they either like your game or they love your game. But we're all in agreement, you're a special talent. But what do you think that you've improved upon most since last season ended? Oh, I could definitely say um, my ball handling, my shooting, and my, my athleticism. I feel like those are the biggest things I've been really grinding on. Um, like last college season, I didn't really get to show my athleticism as much as I wanted to. So I've been really putting in work, making sure I'm, I'm taking care of everything in my body and then just being able to go show, show teams I, I can jump and I can move better than I did in college. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I've been asking a lot of people this question that come on to talk with us. And I'm, I'm just curious, how did the pandemic uh, impact, you know, the season for you? Well, um, especially for me, like, I feel like the preseason was rough, um, rough, um, rough, pretty rough for me. Um, I had I never tested positive for COVID, but it was multiple times where I had going like 10 day quarantines here and there. So I feel like it started I started off kind of slow, um, not getting all the all the practice, all the reps that I needed in the preseason. So it kind of slowed me down a little bit in the beginning. You know, that's some of the stuff that we only hear a little bit about, but we don't know all the ins and outs behind the scenes, especially with less media coverage than pretty much ever before. But Jaden, you're going to still be 18 years old on draft night, making you one of the youngest players in the draft. When did you know that, hey, I think I'm going pro? Was there a moment or was it, hey, the design is freshman year at Tennessee and then I'm going to the league? I mean, everybody's goal is get to the league as fast as possible. Everybody's goal growing up is like they want to be a one and done and stuff like that. But I feel like going into the season, that wasn't really my mindset. Like I'd probably say later on in the season, towards towards the end of the season, I probably have like people started reaching out um, and talking to me. I'm like, okay, I got really, I got really got a chance to make it. So it didn't really hit me at first, but once the seasons like started come to coming towards the end, that's when it really hit me. I got to ask you a little bit about defense because we know that in the NBA, you know, it's a lot of one-on-one matchups, but we've been seeing zones play a little bit more and more. How important is it to be a, com a communicative uh, defender and, and how good are you at communicating on the defensive end? Um, that's something I've been, I feel like I've been pretty good at. That's something we have to do a lot in college. Um, that's one of the biggest things they teach you because it's like communicating like, you and your team have to be have to work together in a sense. Like, if, if one person if one person can throw off the whole defense, one person make make a mistake, they don't switch, or they they forget to switch or forget to help, that can throw off the whole defensive plan. So, just communication probably one of the biggest things. You know, staying on the defensive side of things, you know, Jaden, when I was eighteen, I was a twig I, I could have blew away in the wind. You know, from a defensive <laughs> standpoint, you know, you've showed that you could be very physical and hold your own. Have you been able to, you know, continue to put on weight and muscle since the season ended? Uh, I feel like I, I haven't put on more weight in a sense, but I feel like I've definitely got a lot stronger um, with my whole body, my upper body. I got I got more tone and more cut up, so I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job at that. What is one area of your game that you feel like you could improve on a little bit more? Um, I feel like I can improve on my shooting. Like, that's what I've been doing a lot. Because, like, this last college season, I shot about 40% for three, but I didn't get off as many clips as I, as I should have. So I feel like that's probably one of the biggest things I've been, I've been working on, showing teams that I can shoot, um, shoot at a high volume and get more shots up and shoot from a deeper range going from college to the NBA line. So, 
you know, that's one thing that, that people were wondering. I mean, you were at 1.8 attempts per game, but you showed that you can shoot the three ball. So I love that the confidence is there for, you know, you to, you know, increase the volume on the next level. But you've also had quite a few workouts, one of which was with the Indiana Pacers. And, Jaden, I heard it went quite well. Is there anything that you can share about that workout? Well, really, uh, it was a good workout. Um, good team. Everybody there was like teaching as the workout was going on. So it wasn't like we just went out there, just went. They got us in and out. Um, they was teaching us um stuff. We went through different situations, different sets, and then even after um some of the staff was working with us on shooting the ball, um, getting extra reps up even after the workout. So I feel like it was just a good environment. Yeah, the Pacers are a team that's got the 13th overall pick. There's been talks of maybe them trading back, but we don't really know what's going to happen. It's smokescreen season, so you can't really believe everything that's going out there. But in terms of playing for the Pacers, what would that mean to you as a prospect to play for a team like Indiana? Oh, that would be that would be great. Um, I feel like they got a great staff, like I said. So being able to go there, um, being able to be a young player, I feel like they can help develop and help teach a lot. That's something, one thing I learned. And then the environment out there is great. Um, they took us around a little bit. We got to eat downtown. And so I just feel like it's just a nice area, a nice place to be in. You know, last year compared to every other year where the Pacers had a true defensive identity, last year it just wasn't there. It was tough at times. The Pacers have made it known they're looking for better defenders this year, which I think you immediately check that box. The offensive game, I feel like that could take a while to develop for any player in the NBA. But do you feel that you can contribute on the defensive side of things right away in the NBA? Oh, I, I, I definitely feel like I can step in and take that role. And then, uh, like you said, I feel like I, while I'm doing that, I can develop on my offensive game and make that a lot stronger, be more of a complete player. So... Yeah, and one of the things that I have been wanting for this Pacers team to, you know, to find in a player is guys that just get to the basket. And, you know, with T.J. Warren being out all year last year, that really did hurt the team, uh, just getting guys that can get to the basket. So how would you say your game is at getting to the rim and, you know, uh, you know, making shots through traffic? I feel like it's um, definitely one of my best attributes. I feel like I can get to the paint whenever I really want to. I can um, – I feel like I can get – pretty much anywhere I want to on the court with my size and my, my speed and my athleticism. I feel like that can help me out a lot. You know, you, you played point guard at IMG and then you played more off the ball at Tennessee. Do you feel that you can be a combo guard on the next level or would you prefer to maybe stick to shooting guard? I feel like I can be a, um, a combo. I can, I feel like I'll take whatever role the team would need me to be. They need me to handle the ball. I'll go out there and do that. They need me to step off the ball and be like a secondary playmaker. I can, I can do that also. So. Well, we, we got another guy that's uh, from Tennessee that's projected in the lottery, and that's Keon Johnson, your teammate. Can you talk about how it was playing with him last season? Oh, yeah, um, that was that was pretty good. We all we got after two young freshmen. Um, that was my roommate. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, great to be able to continue your guys' journey, continue to go off, again, you know, play against each other. Um, but the Pacers currently right now, they have two talented guards, you know, quite a few, but two that come to mind, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, um, you know, both guys that are, you know, borderline all-stars. But who are some of the guards that maybe you study or try and resemble? Really, um, I, I watch a lot of guards. Um, I watch Chris Paul, um, his craftiness, his IQ for the game, uh, John Morant, Bradley Bill. Russell Westbrook, like the list just go on. I just love watching basketball. I like take um, stuff from everybody's game. All right, so we're recording this on on Friday afternoon. the The finals right now is tied two to two. I'm just curious, uh, what have you been enjoying so much about this uh, NBA final so far? 
Well, I really just like how the sun, the suns. Oh, that's I'm, 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 I'm uh, rooting for the sun. I want to see Chris Paul get him a ring. I agree. But Me too. I just, I just love the intensity of it, uh, especially the past two games. The Bucks came out. Giannis been turning up. So being able to watch that him and then Chris Middleton showed up last game. He showed up pretty big. So just watching them go at it, that's that's been fun for me. Oh, I mean, this NBA Finals has definitely um, been two teams that maybe we didn't expect to quite be there, but I think it's been highly entertaining. Now, we, we've talked about, you know, basketball quite quite a bunch, but to go real briefly off the court, what's Jaden Springer like off the court? Well, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a laid-back, chill kind of guy. I uh, like to hang out with my friends, have have fun, goof off a little bit. But um, most of the time, like like right now, when I'm on the road traveling and stuff, I'm mostly just watching a lot of Netflix shows and TV series. Okay, so this is just a funny, kind of cool. I like to know these kind of things just because it's cool to see what people do. But what is uh, what is like your pregame meal? Do you have a pregame meal or like a pre-workout meal? Oh, no, I don't have a pregame meal. Most of the time, I just eat whatever the team brings out. Uh, <laughs> I just go on the game day. All right. Hey, yep. can't go wrong with that. I'm sure Tennessee was providing some great food. Uh, what do you think right now? I mean, you've obviously worked out for quite a few teams. What's your ideal draft or team scenario that would enable you to flourish? Well, really, I feel like I just want to go somewhere with a uh, with a staff really big on player development. Somebody that's gonna sit and take time, really get in it, watch film, work with the players on the court, and stuff like that. Just going to an environment where you can grow and see yourself getting better each year. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously with the NBA now, we have a, a very competitive NBA G League. And I'm not saying that you would want to play in the G League, but do you think that that could help you a little bit with player development come time for the NBA? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of players, like, recently past few years, they've been, they started off kind of, they started off um, in the league. The time came, they transitioned over, and it kind of you can kind of see, like, they, they stepped up a little bit. Their game got better. So I can see that that's been a good tool that the NBA has been using. Hey, one of those players was Chris Milton. I mean, he's flourishing right now, and he was someone that was in the G League. So we're, we're starting to see that uh, be more and more common. But uh, one of the few knocks that I've heard in your game was some scouts thought maybe your release could be a tad bit slow. Ha have you worked on maybe upping the speed of your release at all? Is that something that's come up? Um, and my, you said what can be slow? Can you repeat uh, that? Maybe your shot release. Is that something that any scouts have, have told you, or have you worked on that at all? Oh, well, really, I haven't really heard that recently, but I can see where that's coming from watching my Tennessee clips because my shot did, did at times. I did get it off slow, but I feel like I've been working on my shot a lot. It's getting off a lot quicker and a lot faster and more more smooth now. Well, and in terms of college, I'm just curious, who was your favorite matchup? Uh, maybe not one-on-one, -on -one, but maybe versus a team, like a guy that you really felt like it was a really good back and forth between you and that player. Back and forth. Um I don't know about a back and forth, but I'd probably say somebody, somebody, a player I like watching was Xavier Pinson from Missouri. Mm -hmm. He's a fast, shifty guard. Watching him get to the lane and then and float to the basket, stuff like that. I feel like he was he was a good, a pretty good player. You know, you might not remember any of these real back and forths because you were shutting people down on the defensive end. We're talking about five games with three steals or more, while Jaden also delivering six games, scoring 20 or more. Is there a game that, that stands out last year as, hey, th this was really my shining moment? Oh, um, I'll probably go with when we was um, at Kentucky at Rupp Arena, that game. Um, I feel like that was that's probably a big one with the – Tennessee, Kentucky had, had got a little rivalry going on, so be able to go in there and they place and take the dub. I like, I, I feel like that was probably one of my best moments this year. Followed it up with thirty at Georgia the following game, so you know, gotta like that. <laughs>
<laughs> of course he does. Why wouldn't he? But, uh, <laughs> but I got to ask why Tennessee, what was so attractive about uh, being a volunteer? But really just watching, like, um, coming up during the recruitment process for me, just watching what the team was doing. Um, they had Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, Jordan Bone, um, Lamonte Turner, watching those guys, like, and the stuff they were doing. They were number one in the country for a long period of time. And just being able to see the intensity and the family atmosphere that that brought, um, I definitely wanted to be a part of that. What would you say is maybe like that one aspect of your game right now that you think people are, are either sleeping on or not really talking to about enough that you're going to show them once you get to the NBA? Uh, like I said, I feel like definitely my athleticism, like last college season, I might have had two dunks all year, but I barely had any like highlight plays or like dunking and stuff like that. But I feel like I feel like I got a lot, a lot of um, explosiveness and I'm way faster and I can jump way higher than what I was showing. So being able to showcase that probably one of the biggest things. Do you feel like last year maybe there was times where you weren't able to showcase all of your game because of how talented the roster was? Uh, yeah, I could say that in a sense. Um, we had a, we had a deep team, a deep talented team, and um, we just had to kind of we, everybody was really trying to stick to their role, trying to find their place in the team. So it really wasn't too much we could do, in a sense. But um, I feel like I um I've had a, a good display of what I what I can do. So. Oh, oh, definitely. No, we're we're definitely excited. I think, like I mentioned before, at age eighteen, I mean. There, there's some players that are, you know, slotted ahead of you that, you know, around maybe 24, 25, you know, 23 years old. So it's a big difference. Do you feel like the best parts of your game are are yet to come? Oh, definitely. I feel like I'm, especially where I'm at now, I feel like a couple of years from now, I'll be on a whole nother level than I am right now. I feel like I'll just keep getting better as um, time goes on. All right. So I'm going to go back to some off-court questions because I just like to get to know players, you know, as, as individual people. So I'm going to ask you three things. I want to know who your favorite musical artist is, what your favorite movie is, and your favorite TV show. Okay. Um, so i start with my favorite artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just go whenever you want. All right. I'm going to go with my favorite artist. I'm going to say NBA Youngboy. Okay. Lil, Lil Baby. And then I'm going to go with Drake. Okay. And then your favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. I'll probably go with, mm, that's tough. There's a lot of good movies out there, but <laughs> I'm going to go with He Got Game. I love that movie, especially the scene where it's like him and his dad outside. He talking mm -hmm. about it's late at night. It's the only people up right now is me, uh, me, you, and Jordan right now. So that's my favorite scene. Okay. And then last one, your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. Ooh, I've been watching a lot right now. <laughs> mm, I'm going to go with, right now at this moment, I'll probably say, mm, I'm going to go with Money Heist. Money Heist. Okay, I'm waiting for the next season to come out. Okay. Never seen it. We're definitely going to have to look into that. Um, you know, I, I'm in the market for a new show right now. Um, so, you know, what would you deem maybe a successful rookie season for yourself? Um, I'll probably say just being able to come in and just see myself getting better as the year goes on. Like, as long as I get better, I can say that's, that's a successful year. See, definitely see improvement um, from when I first come in. I feel like I'll be, that would be a successful season for me. I just want to get better. So have you heard from any, um, any of the NBA players that you're friends with maybe or that have been former, you know, players at Tennessee that have reached out to you to kind of talk to you a little bit about the NBA process? Well, really, um, they haven't really reached out. Like, we haven't talked about the process or whatever, but we'll just reach out, keep touch base, like how everything going and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. 
Did you have like a, a moment, uh, maybe, you know, last season that was like a welcome to college basketball type moment where you're like, wow, this is, uh, this is real. Oh yeah. I'd definitely say preseason conditioning and running. I'd probably go with that. <laughs> we was getting after it one day. It was crazy. Well, as you're probably well aware, there is a, uh, famous Tennessee volunteer that's part of the Indiana culture, and that is Tamika Catchings. Uh, she was fantastic in college and helped the WNBA Indiana Fever win a championship. Uh, was was there much talk about her around uh, at campus? Um, really, yeah, it was, it was a little bit, not too much, but like you, you'll walk in, you'll see her see her jersey and her banners hanging up, and that that's just a reminder of all the great talent they had. So, you know, while there is only one Jaden Springer, who would you say that your game most resembles right now? I know you mentioned who, you know, you watch a lot of highlights of, but who would you say if you can compare yourself to one current NBA player? Oh, mm, uh, that's tough. I'd probably say um, I've been hearing some comparisons from uh, like Drew Holiday in a sense. Ooh, can't go wrong with Drew. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, and he was somebody that maybe fell a little bit in the in the draft, but look at him now. I mean, Playing, playing pretty good basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. So, you know, I think that you're a player that is really intriguing because you can play on both sides of the court. You're not just one-dimensional in terms of offensive player or defensive player, but where would you hang your hat at the most on? Um, on which side of the ball? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'd probably say that's tough. I feel like on offense, I, I'd probably go offensively. Like, I, my defense is great, but offensively, I still – I still haven't shown everything yet, so I could probably, probably say offense because I, I can bring so much on offense, like passing and scoring the ball. So I'll probably go with that. Hey, I love it. That, that's the part of your game I'm excited to see the most because it feels like, just like you mentioned, we know, you know what the teams are going to be getting a really good defender in yourself. I mean, these are a couple terms that I heard used to describe you. Hustler, gritty, scrappy, collected, under control, you know, a lot of great terms, but how would you describe your game? I feel like some of those words definitely described you. Yeah. Tough, competitive. Um, I'd probably say those are the biggest things. Like, I go out there, I just try to give it my all every time I step out there. And I want to win, so. All right, so we had Sharif Cooper on our podcast a, a couple days ago, and I asked him who the GOAT was, and he said LeBron James. So I'm going to ask you, is LeBron James the greatest player of all time, or is it somebody else? I'm going to go with LeBron. I'm about to go watch Space Jam 2 today. <laughs> wow, I gotta see that. I, you know, I've heard the, the the reviews haven't been great, but it's one of those movies you gotta see for yourself. Yeah, I got, I gotta go check it out. So, is there one matchup right now that you've always dreamed of? I mean, maybe it's guarding LeBron for a play, but is there someone that you're like, I have waited my whole life to go up against this player, and this is the year I'm gonna get to do it. Mm, I haven't really thought about it in in that way, but I'd probably say somebody would probably be LeBron. Like that's the, that's always been my favorite player my whole life. So be able to, to compete and go against somebody like him, I feel like that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, we'd love to see you dunk on LeBron or maybe rip Chris Paul. You know, just go up and get some of your guys that you looked up to and two of the uh, two of the you know great players in our league today. So uh, a question we asked Sharif Cooper, I'm going to ask you: If you get you know drafted by the Pacers, what number would you like to wear? Ooh, what number would I wear? Um. Um, I know number eleven is taken, so mm -hmm. I don't know. I probably just had to. I just had to think of. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, Sharif Cooper's first three numbers weren't available, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't blame you. But uh, did did you have a list, or was it like a hey, you know what? If I can't get this number, I might have to pay someone for it. 
<laughs> nah, I ain't thinking about that. <laughs> he ain't paying nobody. He's on a rookie contract. Hey, we were telling briefly. You want one of those three numbers, you know, might have to work a deal out. Yeah, there's um, no doubt about it. I mean, so last question for me. I, I know you got to get going here, but um, were you invited to the uh, NBA draft uh, green room? Uh, no, I, have, I haven't been invited yet, so okay. I don't know how to. Hey, not yet, but regardless, we are rooting for you. I really am excited to see your game on the next level. Uh, Jaden, class act on, off the court, but I really do think, just like you said, the best is yet to come. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, that's Jaden Springer. Make sure you guys check him out on draft night, see where he lands. And uh, Jaden, as we sign off here, any final words you want to say to the fan bases uh, out there listening to this podcast? Uh, I just want to say thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for tuning in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Setting the Pace. Really appreciate all the positive feedback that we have been getting and the love on social media. Fachi, any thoughts on our conversation with Jaden Springer? I'm excited. I thought he had great energy. I feel like this is a player that can really develop into a two-way player in the NBA. He was already a two-way player last year in college. And I'm just excited to uh, to see w- what's going to happen next. Like we mentioned before, he's going to be one of the youngest players in the draft, still 18 years old on draft night. So the potential, it feels endless. Yeah, it really does. I, I think that just listening to him, it was really cool just to – kind of get an idea of who he is a little bit off the court. He didn't get too much into it, but he talked a little bit about things he likes, favorite basketball player, you know, music, TV, all that stuff. I love all that stuff. I just, I think it's interesting because we hear so much about their game and we've seen so many articles on what, you know, their pros and cons are and strengths and weaknesses. And it's good to hear their thoughts on their strengths and weaknesses and how they can improve and how they've improved throughout, you know, their high school years to their college year to the, the, you know, the draft workouts. So, I think Jaden Springer is a guy that's rising for multiple reasons. I think by our conversation with him, you could just tell he was a really, really, really easy to talk to guy and a really laid back guy that I think a lot of teams would like to have that type of personality on the roster. 100% agree. I think that he knew the things that he could do better, which is always great to, to hear it straight from the source. And then there's a lot of things that he's already doing very well. Like we mentioned, defense a ton of times, but this is also a guy that has the confidence to shoot a larger volume of three balls and was already shooting over 43% last year. So just a lot of great parts of his game that I think are still developing that whoever's going to end up drafting him, whether it is in the back end of the lottery or it's in the top 20, they're going to get a really talented player. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that Jaden Springer, 
whether he's, you know, a starter or whether he's a, you know, a good role player for his career. I think that, um, you know, he's just a good guy and I'm rooting for him. So Fachi, uh, that's all I have to say for today's podcast. Where can the people find us at on social media? So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F a C C I. And you could find us on Instagram at Pacers talk. And if you agree that LeBron James is the goat, say these three words. Nah, I do not agree <laughs> there, but I will end it on a let's go Pacers. All right, everybody. Talk to you later this week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.